Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome back to Welfare, the podcast for runners, joggers, sprinters and plodders. It's hosted by me, Amy Lane. I'm a health editor, fitness expert, runner and author of I Can Run that's out on Amazon now. This week, guys, I'm doing a deep dive into running for two and beyond. Until recently, many of us didn't give a second thought to lacing up our trainers and stretching out our legs be it over a comfy jog or with a lengthy Sunday run day. Obviously, COVID-19 has changed that. However, there has always been one tribe of runners who've had to give their time in trainers a bit more thought, and that's expecting mothers or mums with new babies. Because let's be honest, running changes when it's not just you that you've got to think about. So this week, I've enlisted the help of two women who have miles of experience between them on training for two. But before we start that chat, let's do the weekly news you can use. At this time of year, many of you might have found yourself already praying for rain to stop pollen levels in their tracks. However, rain might not stop noses from running, eyes streaming, throats itching or runners sneezing as much as we thought. Research from South Korea analysed visits to medical facilities after different weather conditions. They found that visits for allergic rhinitis rose after heavy rain or typhoons. Other research in the US analysed 14 years of weather data and pollen count data. They found that levels of pollen fell after less than 10 centimetres of rain, but rose if there was more than 10 centimetres. So it seems that rain doesn't always wash the pollen away, guys. So if the weather predictions are light to moderate, then get out there. If the forecast is heavy, let me suggest you stay indoors and practice your active recovery. Something which we've spoken about a lot on this show. So pop back to previous seasons and find those episodes. Now it's time to highlight the winners in the welfare community. Really, though, so many of you are winners because so many of you, despite being in lockdown and restricted to just one exercise session a day, have been pushing forward with your training. But I want to do a shout out to Little Miss Tucker on Instagram, who rather than be downbeat by the cancellation of London Landmarks Half, instead joined their virtual challenge to help raise money for charity by running in March. It's so great. Well done, you. Right then, on to today's show. In this episode, I have Bridget Pickett and Charlie Launder. Bridget made headlines as the first pregnant cover model on Runners World UK. It's an image I can still remember almost a year later. She's a mother of two, and when she got pregnant, she refused to let parenthood stop her from getting outside and doing the things she loved most. So she found a way to keep running all the way through one of her pregnancies. Right now, she's training for a 100-mile race with two little ones. It's mad. Charlie is the founder of Bumps and Burpees and for years has been changing the narrative that pregnancy means sitting on the sofa for nine months. She has more than 10 years' experience in working with pre- and postnatal women and her aim is to empower us to keep exercising confidently and happily throughout pregnancy. She understands that mental well-being is just as important as the physical, so focuses on the mindset of motherhood in her sessions too. Charlie is also pregnant and has also been sharing her difficulties to do with her pregnancies on Instagram, so she is such a good resource for easing anxieties. Welcome both of you to Welfare. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Today's show has been something which I've really, really wanted to make happen for a while because I've had so many women reach out to me and say that they're pregnant and they don't know what to do. So I'm just going to jump in and get on with it. 
Bridget, let's start with talking about running and how it's become part of your everyday lifestyle. Have you always been a runner? So I haven't always been a runner, but I've always played sports. I used to play soccer and field hockey. And initially, I didn't really love running. I just had to do it as part of the training. And I stopped playing sports after high school. I didn't get back into running really until after college, when my husband and I started running half marathons together. And then when we moved to Colorado, we began trail running and we just got hooked. And that's why you have this amazing Instagram. Like, <laughs> Thank the, you. That's obviously got the most amazing backdrops. And so running became part of your everyday lifestyle and it gave you such a sense of self. Why then did you have to stop with your first pregnancy? So before I became pregnant with my daughter, I enjoyed running, but I wasn't really running consistently. And I had high blood pressure during that pregnancy, so I was considered high risk. It made me really nervous to have the label of high risk. So I didn't even think to ask my doctor if I could run. Did you just, you imposed a a self-imposed no running ban? Right. I continued (laughs) to hike and get outside, but I didn't try to run at all. Charlie, obviously Bridget had a medical reason for putting the brakes on running, but a lot of women don't have that diagnosis and still feel the need to quit running as soon as they see those two blue lines. Um, As a leading pre and postnatal exercise expert, is it necessary for us to stop running as soon as we get pregnant? Well, I do actually hear questions from women all the time about this because previously we were given the sort of rule that if you weren't doing it before, you can't do it during pregnancy. So so people who didn't run at all absolutely never went running but people who did run were then really unsure of what to do and actually the way it goes is that in the first trimester especially if you haven't been given any reason not to run by your doctor so like Bridget if you were high risk or maybe if you'd gone through IVF and your doctor would prefer you not to do any any exercise like running then actually you can do it if you feel well enough to do so a lot of women as you know don't feel great in the first trimester so it might actually be something that you don't want to do but if you can run and it doesn't feel um, uncomfortable or anything then absolutely you can run but I would say just make sure that you are keeping in tune with your body it's funny though isn't it because I found out I was pregnant really early on at like three and a half weeks or something crazy suddenly I felt like if I went running I would do something and that like the baby would fall out of me or, you know, I was like, exactly that feeling. I really, I I really know that feeling. And you think you're going to dislodge it from where it's supposed to be nestling in. Yeah. So how can new mums to be, in your opinion, feel less anxious about exercising when they're pregnant? Well, I think the first thing is to always ask. So if you're not sure if something is safe to do or you're doing it correctly, then ask somebody. Ask somebody in your gym or someone you know who can who can advise you the best the best way. So asking people so that you're not doing an exercise and then going home and fretting about it and not you know losing sleep over things. The other thing is to listen to your body. And I know that's such a boring answer because it's such a wishy-washy thing, but um, your body actually does tell you what's right and wrong. So for me, running actually didn't feel right from the very beginning of pregnancy. Now, I'm not really a huge runner. So It wasn't like a huge loss for like a mental state for me, but my pelvis and that kind of area felt very heavy and it didn't feel right to me. So for me, I stopped running at the beginning of pregnancy. So you have to listen to your body. And if if you're feeling particularly exhausted or sick one day, then there's probably a reason because you're, you know, your body's doing some, some huge things in there without you even knowing. So I would say, take your own advice that your body is giving you because it's telling you what's right and wrong. I was going to say, I've never felt more exhausted (laughs) and (laughs) more exhausted and nauseous, obviously, and subsequently slower in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. I do remember going out on a run and it felt like I was wading through treacle. And I looked at my watch and I was somebody who who knew my normal pace. I'd run like a five minute kilometre and suddenly I was struggling to do seven minute kilometre. Why does our fitness take such a hit in those first 12 weeks of pregnancy? 
Well, in the first 12 weeks, if you can imagine what's going on inside is that your baby is turning from this tiny seed, it's growing to, you know, look something like a baby that you see in your 12 week scan. So for it to do that, it needs so much of your energy. So if you're not giving it any extra energy, because you're expending it doing exercise, it's going to take more from you. So basically, the baby takes everything it needs, and you're left with the rest. So if you're using that extra little bit of energy to go on a run, it's going to feel hard because your body is doing other stuff. So that's the first thing. Also, you are getting a huge influx of new hormones or new levels of hormones all at once. So if you imagine every month when we have on our cycles, we do feel different when we get, you know, a surge of progesterone or a surge of estrogen. And we're all of a sudden getting like, everything all in one go. And it takes time for your body to adapt. It does level out. But in the first 12 weeks, it's just, it's really difficult to navigate through what you should be doing, because everything feels weird. Everything feels off. So my advice would be just to like, reduce your expectations a little bit. And um, just give yourself a bit of kindness and just, you know, forgiveness on the days when you can't do what you wanted to do. Yeah. Bridget, I know that a slowing of pace was something you had to deal with too. Um, As an experienced runner, how did you process the frustrations so that you still enjoyed exercise and you didn't find it like a source of like mental pain? Yes, I've definitely been there. It was really (laughs) challenging to accept the slowing paces, especially in the first trimester. And I tried to change my perspective on running pregnant And that's when it became really easy to let go of the frustration. I let go of my old paces and I tried to look at running uh, with my baby as a gift and not a burden. And I knew pregnant running wasn't going to last forever. So I decided to try to enjoy it as best I could. And I added walking into my running. And Mm. just by slowing down a little bit and adding more walking breaks, it made running so much easier and more enjoyable for me. And obviously, because running uh, running whilst pregnant was something you did with your second pregnancy, but not your first. So yes. I suppose that even though you were pregnant for a second time, running whilst pregnant was all new to you. Yes, it was. And luckily, I had a few close friends who ran through their pregnancies. So it was really nice to be able to have a little support system and be able to go with, to them with questions or for advice because running actually running whilst pregnant in trail running seems to be more of a thing than in a lot of other areas of running I've seen quite a few a few amazing pictures um, of women around the world running up mountains with bumps uh-huh. it's actually um, a lot kinder on your joints to do trail running than to do road running because you're you know in every in every person it's kinder on the knees and the hips and things but when you're pregnant you've got these softened ligaments around the joints so running on grass or mud is actually going to be a lot more pleasant than running on the pavement. Right. So we all need that's to get on a plane and <laughs> come see you, Bridget. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. I remember uh, towards the end of my pregnancy, I could not run on the sidewalks or the roads. It was just too uncomfortable, but I could still run on the trails. Just felt much uh, more forgiving on my body, like you mentioned. Interesting. Charlie, I've heard a few women to say that they stopped running at six weeks, but now that they've had their 12-week scan and they've got the, you know, the, the green light that things are looking fine, they're feeling a bit more confident enough to get back to it. In your opinion, is it safe to take a 12-week break off running and then start again at 12 weeks? It is safe if it feel, you know, if your body can adapt to that. So I'd say that if you were a runner before like if it was you talking about this and you were a runner you know for years before and your body's very accustomed to doing this then I'd say yeah that's fine but again reduce your expectations a little bit and like Bridget said maybe add some walking into it just to ease yourself into it so don't go back to running thinking that you're going to achieve the times or the paces that you did before you even became pregnant because like we said a lot goes on in that time what I would say, though, if someone hasn't, isn't a runner, for example, they hadn't run for a year before they were pregnant and then they get to 12 weeks, I wouldn't necessarily suggest getting straight into running as their first um, piece of exercise back um, because a lot of people do wait 
with all exercise until they've had that 12-week scan. So I'd say the first thing to do would be to build your body back up to running. So you need to make sure that you're strengthening up those muscles around the joints and things. So if you're a runner and you've taken a bit of a break, then absolutely fine. If not, it isn't a no-no, but just ease yourself in slowly, make sure that your joints can take it and make sure that you're strong enough. I suppose then it's just the general running advice still applies to pregnant women too, doesn't it? It's like, if you haven't been running for three months, don't go out and just start clocking loads of Ks each week. Exactly. You're going to hurt yourself. And the worst thing to have is an injury during pregnancy because you're already fairly limited on the kinds of things and the, you know, the intensity you want to be doing. You don't want to take another thing out of that list. Yeah. Um, Bridget, did you find that you had to down your mileage in those first couple of months of being pregnant? Because I know you've said that you you changed your pace, but did you have to make your runs shorter at all? Not too much in the beginning. It was more towards the the second trimester and the last trimester when I really shortened up my mileage and took it a lot slower when you had that amazing bump, I still think of those photos of you on the Runner's World cover. I was like, this is such a statement for women around the world because it's like, yes, we're pregnant, but do you know what? Don't wrap us up in cotton wool and say we can't do all the things we used to. We just do them differently. It's so cool that you're on the front cover. That is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I would have never expected that my big belly bump and I would make the cover of a magazine. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. And Charlie, just going back to distances, I had a few people ask me via Instagram, how far is too far when running, when pregnant? I know it's hard to say because, you know, it's all dependent on the person, but do you have any kind of general rules of how long you should be exercising for? Well, I would say that um, if we take out the like athletes out of the picture so if you've I've had a few people message me and they've competed for Great Britain in triathlons and they go swimming for an hour and a half and things like that if you take people at that level out of the picture then I would say if you aim for like an hour to be your cutoff you know at a fairly good intensity if you're going to go for like a long walk with a bit of jogging here and there then go until you feel like you've had enough and your body's had enough that's completely fine but I would say if you're going to do a run run I wouldn't push yourself much further than 45 minutes to an hour just because Mm. you need to be fueling for that as well you need to be eating enough to fuel you your baby and all your body's doing to help the growth of the baby I actually I don't feel like you'd want to go for much longer than that. But like you said, there's no actual answer. It's really about you individually. But if you set yourself, you know, as I always say, like a seven out of 10, say you usually would like to go for an hour and a half run, maybe take it down to an hour or an hour and 10 or something. And that's your new maximum. So just make sure you're not pushing to the actual maximum anymore in terms of distance, speed, you know, anything like that intensity. Bridget, did you use like a out of 10 scale when you were training whilst pregnant to measure intensity? Or if not, how did you ensure that you weren't pushing yourself too hard? I mostly focused on trying to be able to keep it at a conversational pace. So I didn't mm. want to go too fast or too hard to where I couldn't, I couldn't have a conversation with a friend. I wanted to make sure that I was breathing well and steadily and that I got into a rhythm. And like Charlie mentioned before, I never ran hard enough that I needed to stop. I did Mm. stop and take walking breaks, which uh, helped even out the effort, but I I never pushed it hard. I never sprinted. I, I tried to keep it a steady effort. It's funny, isn't it? Like steady effort is so much different when you're pregnant. Like I'm finding that I'm walking after like six minutes of just jogging with my husband. Whereas before I'd, I'd never be doing that. And like the new normal is just so different. (laughs) It changes so quickly. Charlie, a question for you. So we've been speaking about not pushing your body too far and conversational pace and still being able to breathe. I read somewhere that pregnant women shouldn't raise their heart rate too high during their day-to-day and especially during exercise. Number one, is this something as like a fitness expert that that you believe too? And number two, is there a kind of guideline if so? Well, this is something that sort of evolved over the years, even of me being qualified. So um, it used to be that 
I can't remember the exact number, but maybe women shouldn't let their heart rate go above 140. And then this has sort of evolved because people have realized that it's not very fair if you're measuring your heart rate at the same as someone who's in a completely different position to you. So for example, like a 20-year-old athlete becoming pregnant and a 40-year-old woman who's never done any exercise becoming pregnant, your max heart rate is going to be so different. Mm. So it is worth keeping an eye on your heart rate. So like where I, I really enjoy wearing my Apple Watch doing any exercise because I can just see if it's gone higher than it should for me personally, then I know, okay, I'll have a little break. And I, my heart rate actually generally goes quite high. And I, I, it's always funny if I'm training with someone because it will be, I'll happily have my heart rate at 170. But as soon as I stop, it comes down really fast. Like it really recovers well. But I know that if I stopped and it wasn't recovering properly, then actually I was going too fast or too hard. So sort of learn what works for you. And there is no official number. But if you like we were talking about before, if you can't hold a conversation, or if you're really struggling to catch your breath, then that is too fast for you. So just make sure that it, it, it comes down as much as it goes up. So your heart rate can go up in your everyday life and being pregnant doing exercise. But just make sure that it, it can level out again as well. So no hitting the, that 195 no. on a treadmill at, at Barry's. No, I feel like 195 might be too high. <laughs> it is something, though, that I've been aware of. So um, I did really notice that as soon as I found out I was pregnant, that I did notice that my heart rate was higher. Bridget, did you notice that? I could feel that. I've never mm. tracked my heart rate. I could tell that it was physically, it was higher. But I think if I would have tried to track my heart rate, it probably would have made me more anxious about trying to exercise. I tried to listen to my body more so than look at numbers. And I felt that I was more in tune with my body than with what the watch was telling me. So that was how I decided to measure things. It's interesting, isn't there? Because there's definitely, we've had so many years of so many people embracing data and all those type of things. And then now I feel like we're definitely coming a little bit full circle. And there's a lot of people that are like, data's great, but it can be a bit of information overload. And so if you're not tuning into yourself, and you're measuring yourself just by data, then there's a disconnect. One of the things that comes up a lot with women is training right whilst pregnant and whether that is running or doing different things, you know, doing fitness classes or yoga and all these things. But I know that there is one area which almost brings all of these types of fitness together and that's strength training. Charlie, I know you've done so much strength training with your clients and you're kind of one of the trainers that's really, really changed how like prenatal training is delivered in London and so you've got pregnant women with big dumbbells and you're like this is okay they're building strength why is it that you get so many of your clients to do strength training alongside their other exercises well I I mean if you think about it in a realistic way as soon as that baby comes out you need to be holding that baby and they are growing so fast that sooner or later they're going to be heavier than the dumbbells that I give clients so in my way it's more of a functional training so mm. I'm trying to get the mothers to um, be strong to live a, a healthy life so they're not putting their back out by lifting their baby out of the bath or or you know even during pregnancy you're gaining weight so you need to be able to adapt to that and be able to take the the extra weight but I do get them to lift weights because I think if they're going to be running walking hiking all these things which just put a bit of pressure on the joints you need to have the strength around the joints to support them because like I said the last thing you want is to get injured during pregnancy and especially when you've got a new baby around you do not want to be putting your back out are there any key exercises that pregnant women should be doing well The main ones I usually focus on are ones that are going to help with your posture. So your posture is going to change a lot throughout your pregnancy because your center of balance just shifts. So your pelvis will tilt a little bit. Obviously, your bump is coming out forward, so you tend to lean back. And when the baby comes, you're tending to hunch over a bit more because you're holding the baby in front of you. So the exercises around those, for example, would be for your upper back to try and open you out again, would be lots of 
rowing movements. So using mm. the TRX to row, bent over rows, renegade rows in a, in a modified plank position. So anything that gets you to open your chest up, that would be really important. And then obviously your core is being less and less help to your body as the bump grows and stretches it out. So you need to to realize that your back is going to have to kick in a lot more to support your body. So muscles to support the lower back are really helpful. So your glutes are like a key thing. I always, always hammer home to people. Keeping them active and strong is really important because it will just give the back that little extra support. And then, you know, you might feel more tired in pregnancy, so your workouts will be shorter. And therefore, the exercises you put in, you want to get more for your time, if that makes sense. So instead of doing like a bicep curl, you might do a lunge with a bicep curl, or you might do a squat and a press to try and maximize the use of your time. Does that make sense? Yeah, because who has the time to be doing multiple sessions, the time or the energy to be doing (laughs) endless exercise? Bridget, did you notice when pregnant that your posture changed or that you were feeling pains in areas which you hadn't felt before and you knew it was because you were carrying like this big bump on the front? I did. I definitely, I felt pain and discomfort in my hips, my lower back, and then in my pelvis towards the end. So I tried to, I didn't have much time for strength training on top of running, but I tried to do a handful of exercises to strengthen my hips and glutes mostly. But I also invested in a belly band and that was really Mm. helpful to support my belly. It was I like to tell people it's like a sports bra for your baby bump. <laughs> but that, it was great while running. And also towards the end, at the end of the day, I would wear it like while making dinner or just while on my feet. It was a great help. And did you have one with your first pregnancy or was this just with your second? I did not have one with my first. It was, yes, it was with the second so then you, so it did, you really noticed that it did make a difference because obviously you'd been through it before and not had right, one. <laughs> right. And I don't think I would have been able to run as long as I did if I didn't have that extra bit of support from the belly band. As you may or may not know, I'm not usually a big dairy eater, but recently I've been trying to improve my gut health by incorporating more fermented foods into my diet. One of this season's patrons for Welfare is Yo Valley, whose new kefir product is perfect for this. Lovingly made in Somerset, with all the goodness of organic British milk, it has 14 distinctive strains of lactic cultures for maximum gut flora diversity. Bit wordy, I know, but basically it delivers billions of live gut-friendly bacteria in every spoonful. At only £1.50 for a 350 gram pot, you can find it in all major supermarkets. Or you can find it for 75p in Sainsbury's and Co-op for a 150 gram pot. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I interviewed a UK radio presenter called Jenny Faulkner on the show um, in the last season. And she actually ran up until about, I think, four and a half months. But she said what's uh, what made her stop was that feeling of her bump moving right. whilst running. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm assuming the belly band helps with that. It did. And it does take some getting used to. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. But I think also being on the trails, it 
it felt less like pounding, like the pounding you would do on concrete running on the roads. On the trails, it felt easier and the belly band was a great support. So I think also, the like you said, it's a, it's uncomfortable to run. Because you're a runner, you know that your body is strong and that uncomfortable feeling is because of the pregnancy. Whereas I would always advise any beginner runners or amateur runners, if you start feeling that discomfort in your pelvis, mm. then that might be a sign to slow the running down, um, or actually just stop it altogether. So usually it's when you get past the sort of halfway mark. If you're right. not really a regular runner, if you start to feel like your hips and your pelvis are painful, the only thing you're going to be doing is making it harder for you later on down the line. So just just have a little thinking like, is this uncomfortable today or is it always uncomfortable now? And could I do with actually doing a little bit more strength work rather than running so I think it it depends whether your body's very used to running or not because obviously Bridget your body was very used to it and you're on the trails which was great but if you're running on the roads and you're just sort of like Mm. a once a week for a 20 minute run kind of person then maybe it's time to stop when you get to that stage so when I ran the discomfort was more of a different feeling to me because I have been running for years and it felt it felt different and awkward to have the bump in front of me. But if I did ever feel pain, which I, I did around week 17, I felt some sciatic nerve pain. And that's when I knew it was a sign to stop. So I took about a week off to let that heal and to recover and to add more strength training and yoga and foam rolling into my routine. And the pain, luckily went away and I, I was able to continue to run. That's amazing because that listening of you, to your body is exactly what will save you from a long-term injury. And I suppose throughout pregnancy, no week is the same, right? Because our bodies are constantly changing. No day is the same. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely feeling that. One of the other things which I'd love to talk about is like our pelvic floors. I've already noticed that I'm having to stop and we behind trees. Bridget, did you find that you really noticed your pelvic floor when you were running when pregnant? I did. And I definitely faced the same challenges as you. <laughs> But luckily, I was on the trails. I do remember it being really difficult when I would have to run on the roads. I would have to plan my route based on where there was a bathroom I could stop at nearby. Towards the end, I did, at around 40 weeks, I felt the heaviness. And that's when my running turned into just a few minutes at a time. And then it was mostly walking from there. I at 40 weeks, sh- that's pretty impressive anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wanted to make sure that I was in tune with my body so I wasn't going to cause an injury from running through pregnancy that was going to prevent me from running after pregnancy. And Charlie, talking about pelvic floors, what's your expert opinion on how we can how we can deal with it whilst we're pregnant? Should we be strengthening them from the moment we find out we're pregnant? Yes. Well, actually, um, it's one of those things where women should actually be strengthening their pelvic floor from when we're teenagers. It's something that's sort of, yeah, honestly, it's, it's terrifying, but it's something that's coming into play a little bit more now and that, you know, we're realizing that the sports we do. So, for example, I've grown up in the sport of gymnastics, which is absolutely terrible for your pelvic floor. And if only I had known some of the strengthening exercises I could do then, I would be in a much better position now. But there's never a time too late to start. So as soon as you find out you're pregnant, yes, definitely. So that it's hard to work it because it's obviously a muscle we can't see. But you can actually engage it really, really well through breathing which is hard to do whilst you're running. But what you can do is do the breathing exercises before you go running or, you know, other times in your week um, where when you exhale, you engage the core and pull up the pelvic floor. Then you inhale, you let your tummy all the way out, which is quite scary because you realize how far out it can go. And then you do it again. So what I try and do at the moment is in the mirror, just before I have my shower in the evening or get into my pajamas, I have my hands on my belly. I'm just kneeling or sometimes I'm on all fours and I let my tummy go all the way out as I breathe in. 
And then when I breathe out, I start with my ribs, I pull them in, and then I lift, lift up my tummy as much as I can and engage my pelvic floor. I hold it and I release again. And you can do maybe five of those long holds and then 10 short, quick fire holds. And it just, for me, it's actually hardest to relax it. I find that my pelvic floor is too tight. It's always on, which means that it's just as weak as somebody's who's never on because I have no mm. range of movement, if that makes sense. So I need to learn how to relax it all the way and then engage it all the way. Because when it comes to giving birth, if you can't relax it, that baby ain't coming out. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And nobody wants to make labor harder. <laughs> no, exactly. So I would say when you're running, obviously it puts a lot of downward pressure on the pelvic floor. So that is why you're needing to wee a lot. I mean, we need to wee more anyway. So think about running. It's definitely going to make that happen. But you want to make sure that your pelvic floor is just working all the time. So right now, while we're sitting down, you could be doing a few pelvic floor squeezes. There's also a couple of um, devices you can use. So one of them being the LV. So it's like it it um, connects wirelessly, obviously, to an app on your phone. And um, you just insert it. And basically, when it tells you to engage, you engage. And it can tell you on the app how well you're doing. And so for me, the first time I did it, it said, okay, engage. And I thought I engaged and it was like, no movement detected. <laughs> so, <laughs> so clearly I was just, I was doing the wrong thing. So sometimes you need that instant feedback just to know that you're doing it correctly. Because a lot of women tend to just squeeze their bum, squeezing their glutes and then releasing them. And that is not the pelvic floor. It's very, very internal. It's like, holding wind basically holding holding your wee is what was previously told but physios are now saying that it's much more um effective if you you kind of hold imagine you're holding in wind but yeah there are these tools that you can use but they're not necessary so if you can do it by yourself that's absolutely fine equally when we're all out of self-isolation you can go <laughs> to a physio who can actually show you like an internal examination and she can show you exactly how to do them so physios are not just for postnatal you can go and see them in your pregnancy and just get like a, a once-over examination and they can show you what you should be doing so let's not feel awkward about it <laughs> No, we need to talk more about the pelvic floor. (laughs) Um, We've spoken a lot about how to deal with running and pregnancy, like dealing with it yourself. Now I'd love to talk to you, Bridget, about like how did other people deal with you being quite heavily pregnant and, and running? Did you get a lot of comments from kind of families, friends, training partners? Well, my husband, my friends and family, they were all very supportive because they knew about my previous running. So they knew I was being safe and that Mm. I was healthy enough to continue to do so. I do remember surprising a few people while running on the trails uh, with my big baby bump. And a, a couple of times people would say, be careful or, oh, my gosh. But more often it would be something encouraging, like good job or way to get out there. And we live in a pretty active community. So thankfully, most of the responses were positive overall. Oh, that's good. And you still get the same because obviously, you now run with your children on Instagram and stuff. Do you still get people being positive about it? Yes, I do. And I think mostly that's because I'm surrounding myself with other similar minded, active people. So Mm a lot of my community and my friends are doing the same things that I'm doing. So it's, it's the normal. Yeah. It's much easier when it's the normal, isn't it? Because I had quite a few people who uh, live, just live a different lifestyle to me. And when I continued to exercise, when I first found out I was pregnant, I mean, I got scared with running in those first few weeks, but I still went to the gym and I was doing some bodyweight workouts. But I had so many people say to me, does this mean you're going to dial down the exercise? Does this mean Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to stop exercising? But it's because to them, an active lifestyle isn't the normal. (laughs) Right. And the thing that made me feel better and confident about it was that I know my body the best and I am the one person that cares most about the health and well-being of the baby inside of me. Mm. So I am going to be the one making the right decisions, not um, an outsider looking in. 
I love that and makes so much sense. And in fact, you felt so confident and okay with it all that at 31 weeks pregnant, um, I've read that you paced your husband through the last 10 miles of a race. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So before I became pregnant, my husband had signed up for this 100 mile race. And when he signed up, we decided that I would love to pace him. Um, And leading up to the race, I became pregnant, of course, and then I wasn't sure if I'd still be able to pace him because I had no idea how I'd be feeling that far along into my pregnancy. And we just kept it um, up in the air because I didn't want to put any pressure on myself. But when the time came, I was still feeling well. I was still running that distance in the mountains and I felt confident and capable that I'd be able to do it. So I did. That must have felt amazing. Yes, it was great. It was training for a hundred mile like race like that is really, it's a family effort. So it felt like a great payoff to be able to run him to the finish line after his months of training and our, our work together on the weekends to switch off childcare to make sure we each got our time outside. So it was, it was really great. And obviously you've continued on with running and now you're, now you've got a very healthy training week postpartum and how did your body feel different after having two children and running? Initially it did as I was recovering, I had to ease into it really slowly and I continued to do some walking in the beginning Mm. because I didn't want to push myself too hard and like I said, again, cause an injury that would put me out from running. But I've been really mindful about making strength training a consistent part of my routine. And now a year postpartum, I feel my body feels good and it feels back to normal, back to how it felt before I had my babies. And now you're training for a hundred mile race. Right. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing that? (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out as I go. I really, it still is a really scary goal to me, but it's something I want to do. And I figured I might as well give it a try. It's, it's still a team effort with my husband and my kids, but he's a great support system for me because he loves ultra running himself. I run a lot of miles with the running stroller and I'm just trying to take it week by week. Amazing. Charlie, um, obviously Bridget's slightly different because she had all this fitness before and she knows her body really well. For the kind of the the normal client for you, how long is it um, before a woman can get back to exercise after birth? Do you have a kind of like a set a set of rules or guidance? So I would say six weeks is where you should, from birth to six weeks, that's the time to start doing the sort of getting moving again so going for walks doing a couple of breathing exercises regaining that connection from your mind to your body but um when it comes to running there's been some um, new guidelines released last year by written by three physios and it's really really interesting because they're saying that actually the very very earliest that you should start running again is three months and actually what they say is the healthy window is between three to six months um now there's obviously some um, things that would dictate where you fall in that. So if you've had a C-section, for example, and, and your recovery is taking a little bit longer, maybe your scar isn't healed up as quick as you'd like, those kind of things will put that date backwards. So running is actually something that you really need to build up to three to six months. And it shouldn't be the first thing back. The first thing back should be in your mind, building up your strength to be able to run again. And then when you're feeling ready around the sort of six to 10 week mark, depending on how everything went, I would say that's when you start getting back into light and no impact exercises. So your body weight strength work, building up with resistance bands, Pilates, those kind of things where you can really build a good base of strength. And actually, I've seen with clients over the years that those of them who do like a reformer Pilates kind of rehab alongside their building up their strength work, 
it's a much faster and um, better recovery because you're building this base of support that you probably didn't even have before. So you're rebuilding the core from the very, very deep layers. So that's what I would suggest first. So have you can have this six to eight to 10 week kind of goal in mind. But when you get there, you might not feel like exercising and that's completely fine. Bridget, can we talk a little bit about how you manage to balance exercise now, now that you've got two little ones with being a mum? I read that you said that after you come back from a run, you feel um, more confident and you have a better sense of self. Did you always feel like that? Or in the early days, did you find it tough to leave the babies behind and go and exercise? Yes, I still struggle with mom guilt sometimes. It's really (laughs) hard. And some days it's harder to get out on my long run by myself and know that I'm leaving my babies at home. Some days it's easier and I just need that time. I need that break. Mm. But I'm constantly reminding myself that my time on the trails makes me a better person it makes me a better mother. And I also have to remember that I still deserve that time and that space to set big goals and to work towards them because that's what makes me happy. And I want my kids to have a happy mother. And I also Mm. want to set an example for them. I think that they need to know that their hobbies and passions don't have to end with motherhood or parenthood that they can continue to do the things that they love to do and to be a good parent at the same time. I love that. It's like, it used to be before, didn't it, that like mum was a label, which became your whole life. And now it's every, with three people like yourself talking about it and other women, we're now opening up to the fact that actually mum can be just one label and we can wear many other hats as women. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's it's so important for us to show our children that we we can be a good mother and a good parent. And at the same time, we can live a full, well-rounded life and follow our passions and continue to get out and do what makes us happy and fulfilled. And sometimes, actually, you do go out running with your with your kids in a stroller, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> How do you find that? Actually, It's really hard. It's much easier to push the single stroller. I've gotten used to that, but it's taken a lot of time to uh, build up my stroller running endurance. And now I've done it since they were both little. So I've actually really come to appreciate that time we have together. But I don't love the double stroller. That is really heavy. It's like pushing 100 pounds of of baby and stroller and all the snacks and things that they bring along. <laughs> I'd be like, should we just pause here? Can mummy have a snack? <laughs> yes. Right. I'm hoping my daughter knows how to ride a bike now. So I'm hoping pretty soon she'll be able to ride her bike next to me while I run. I think that would be fun. Oh my God. What an amazing image. You with your running stroller and then your daughter on a bike, such an active family. Right. That's actually how we get her to preschool now. Luckily, preschool is downhill, a mile downhill from where we live. So I run with the stroller. She rides on her bike downhill and then we leave her bike at school. And then I go out for my morning run with my son in the stroller. What a good way to fit it all in. Right. I have to get creative (laughs) now that I have two little ones. Yeah. I'm definitely figuring out how to make training a part of our everyday routine. Amazing. And that leads me nicely on to, I've only got time for um, two more questions. So Bridget, what are your top tips for running with children? I'm sure that there's lots of women listening in that would love to know how you're doing it. So obviously you're fitting it in around school drop-offs and that type of stuff, but do you have any other advice? Right. I think First, it's important to make sure that you remain flexible and to lower your expectations because plans are going to change. Kids are going to get sick and sometimes you'll have to skip your run or move it to another day. But at the same time, you're being flexible. You need to have a plan and it's so helpful to decide when you want to run. Maybe it's early morning, maybe it's nap time. Uh, with the stroller like I do, or for some people it might be after work. 
but choose your time and try to stick to that. It's helpful for me to put out my clothes and my gear the night before so I can get out of bed and get dressed and just get out the door. Um, And now I've done it enough that it's become part of our routine. So that helps immensely. And my husband has also been a great help. So we'll both go, we'll work on our training plans together and we'll make sure that our big training weekends aren't overlapping. Um, So we have to, yeah, we have to work together as a team. And Charlie, what one piece of advice would you like to leave the welfare listeners with? Oh, one piece. That's difficult. I think whether you're prenatal or postnatal, you need to, well, like Bridget said, be patient and flexible. But my one piece of advice would be to remember what your goal is. So your goal while you're pregnant is to keep your body a safe place for your baby to grow. So keep it strong, make sure that you're active, make sure that you're not overdoing it. The goal is to have a healthy pregnancy and a good birth. So instead of having a time pace, that's your new goal. And then when you are a new mum, your goal is to be fit and strong, to be the best mum you can be, to feel good in yourself, to, you know, make yourself, um, put yourself in the best position to do the best job at motherhood and also time for yourself and feel great. So your goals are now a bit different, which for me, it helps because it helps me be kinder to myself when I think, oh, my goal is this. It's not to hit a PB. It's not to run as fast as I can or to lift as heavy as I can. My my goal is this. And therefore, I'm going in the right direction. um, And well done me, basically. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, both of you, um, for taking time out of your day to do this remote recording. I feel like I've learned so much. I'm so inspired, Bridget, to get myself a running stroller for <laughs> <laughs> in about a year's time. Yes. I'm sure you're going to be spending lots of miles pushing that stroller. For everyone that's listening in that now wants to follow you on your running journey that maybe isn't following you already, would you share the best place for them to do it? Because I know that so many women are going to want to see your 100 mile training. Oh, goodness. That'll be entertaining, (laughs) I'm sure. Um, You can find me on Instagram at trail.bird.mama. Amazing. And Charlie, I know that obviously you've got these amazing ebooks which can really help women both pre and postnatal. Would you just share how the welfare listeners can access them and also how they can catch up with you once they've finished listening to the show? Absolutely. So I've created a bunch of different ebooks that you can download to your phone so that you can, or your laptop so that you can um, keep strong at home or in the gym. And you can access them on the website, which is bumpsandburpees.com. And over on Instagram, at bumpsandburpees, I post really regular circuits that you can do at home. So very short circuits, but it gives you ideas of the things that you can do when you're pregnant and post. And then on my personal channel, at Charlie Launder, I'm kind of documenting what I'm personally doing, which might be of interest too. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you for having us. team thank you so much for listening if you like this episode please do rate review and subscribe it really helps other runners in need of some help find the show and join our community too don't forget to use hashtag welfare on all your ig posts because i love seeing them thanks very much guys catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started